This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. An Odyssey Station, The Labor Show, with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show, with J. Doc and Krause. Live here on a Saturday night, an early start for us, J-Doc, our number, our number one of the Labor Show as we lead our listening audience into the start of Penn State football tonight. Big game up in Happy Valley. That will follow our number two on the Labor Show. We're going to get right out of the box. Big first hour here tonight. Joe, we're going to be talking about something called Reggie. Uh, it is a uh, very important issue in the state of Pennsylvania and beyond. Uh, but this is the Boilermakers New Energy Special uh, that we have in Hour 1. It's a very passionate group that we have on. Certainly no strangers to the broadcast. Uh, as we start, I want to bring in uh, John Bland, who's the business manager of Boilermakers Local 13. John, how are you, sir? Joe, Joe, Doug, how you doing, brother? Uh, doing, doing great, John. And... and um, we're going to be talking about what you and I have talked about for hours on end, and that's uh, something called Reggie, uh, the Regional uh, Greenhouse Gas Initiative. And you have said, I mean, so we do a, a, a bi-monthly Boilermaker special, and uh, you want to share this platform with the two guests that you have on this broadcast because they're big-time experts in, in, in Reggie. Uh, talk about the individuals we have uh, coming on the show. Uh, right now, you got Sean Steffi. He's been a brother boilermaker at local 154 Pittsburgh area. Uh, I've known Sean for probably four or five years. Uh, the first time I really got engaged with uh, Reggie, what was going on, I was at a CSO conference uh, with the boilermakers last year. I think it was around March. And Sean was actually one of the speakers uh, talking to everybody. And it was kind of jaw-dropping. I was one of the new guys coming in at the time taking over as interim interim business manager. So I kind of got myself up to speed. And Sean was really efficient on everything he was talking about at the CSO conference. Shortly after that, when I got back to Philly, Pennsylvania area here, uh, Peter Gleason, uh, he actually is, he runs the PA Job Alliance. And both of these guys are advocates fighting for PA jobs. And they're well-versed on everything about Reggie and how devastating it's going to be to Pennsylvania. So, I mean, like I said, I can't speak highly enough. Like I said, with uh, Peter Gleason, I had the honor of uh, running into him, meeting him, I think it was shortly after that CSO conference, and I'm proud to be a part of this PA Job Alliance and trying to grow Pennsylvania. And and, and so, John, um, without further ado, let me let me bring in, of course, by the way, Sean Steffi and Joe Krause, we, we know Sean incredibly well. Not, not only no stranger to the broadcast, but he's been uh, showcased nationally for his expertise on a lot of yeah. the energy issues. Um, let uh, me. Sorry, Joe, Joe Kraus, sorry. Uh, thanks for having me on, brother. No, nah, no problem, brother. Thank you for being here. And I'll second to what J Doc said before we transition into Peter. When Sean Steffi speaks, I listen. Yeah, darn right, man. And, he, and, and I'll tell you what, he's got a big, uh, uh, you know, a big speaker, and we're ecstatic to have him on. 
Let me bring into the program uh, 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 one of our guests, Peter Gleason, uh, who's a partner with the law firm of K&L Gates. Um, and he's also, you know, runs the, the Job Alliance, the PA Job Alliance. Peter, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Joe. Thanks for having me on, pal. Uh, it's, it's great to have you. Um, and, and we put together a great broadcast. We're, we're talking about uh, something called Reggie, uh, which is short for the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative. Here's the big question for our listeners. What is Reggie? <laughs> That's, uh, that is a good question. I'm happy to kick, uh, kick this off with, uh, with an answer. Uh, Reggie, uh, as it is so innocently called, uh, is an agreement between now 11 mostly northeast states, uh, including New York and New Jersey and, and Massachusetts, uh, that require each of the member states to first artificially impose a cap on the amount of carbon dioxide emissions from coal and natural gas plants, and then subjects those plants to a tax that changes every three months. Uh, and today is about uh, pretty close to $10 per ton of CO2. And in terms of its you know, general impact, I think you know, probably the, the, the best source for an answer to that um, is a recent letter from uh, you know, the president of the AFL-CIO, uh, Rick Bloomingdale, who said that, Reggie will lead to the premature and immediate elimination of every existing coal plant in Pennsylvania, as well as many natural gas plants. These plants could otherwise operate for an additional seven to ten years or more, allowing workers and communities to adjust to changing market conditions. Uh, it will also ban, effectively ban new nat- natural gas-powered plants to be constructed in Pennsylvania, And over the last 10 years, nearly $14 billion has been invested in new natural gas plants built largely by organized labor. Um, And uh, and, and, and that's that's the impact. I mean, you know, essentially what it does, it's going to cause Pennsylvania to lose up to a third of its current generation power. Every coal plant goes away. Many natural gas plants go away. Electric rates go up. Jobs are lost by the thousands. And in the meantime, we're effectively subsidizing states like Ohio and West Virginia, who are benefiting, uh, you know, from the ability to continue to operate and to expand the operations of coal and natural gas plants in those states. Peter Gleason is with us. Peter, by the way, is with the law firm of K&L Gates, a national and international powerhouse firm uh, in terms of being involved um, in this type of conversation, activity, um, etc. Peter, can I ask you, and I just want to make sure that the listening audience can understand it, because it's a lot coming at them. Uh, The opening line of the Rick Bloomingdale letter uh, that talked about the elimination. Will you read that again and then comment on that specific line for me? Tell me what it means. It says that uh, Reggie will lead to the premature and immediate elimination of every existing coal plant in Pennsylvania, as well as many natural gas plants. Uh, Right now in Pennsylvania, two-thirds of our electric generation capacity comes from coal and natural gas, about 43% natural gas, and about uh, 23% coal. Uh, Nuclear comes in at about 20%, uh, and then the rest is made up by hydro uh, and and really only a small fraction. In fact, less than, you know, about one-half of 1% currently comes from from wind and solar. So the reason those plants are going to close down is because Reggie adds a cost 
to the generation of electricity. And coal plants in Pennsylvania compete with coal plants in Ohio. Natural gas plants in Pennsylvania compete with natural gas plants in Ohio and West Virginia. If those plants have to pay a 20 to 30, or in the case of coal, 40 to 50% tax to generate every megawatt of electricity, those plants can't compete against those plants in Ohio and West Virginia. And I think as we get into this, Sean can tell you a little bit about what he's seen in terms of the the actual impact and the investments that are being made in Ohio uh, and not being made in Pennsylvania, merely due to the threat of Reggie. Now, and, and Pete, t- tell us where we are legislatively with this situation, because, um, you know, the, the governor is, 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 is full steam ahead on this. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> He certainly is. Uh, you know, there is the there is enormous opposition uh, to Reggie uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, through the Power PA Jobs Alliance, uh, we have you know pretty much every major state, regional, and local uh, building trades organization. We have the Pennsylvania AFL-CIO. We also have several of the state's largest business organizations that are opposed to Reggie that are concerned about the impact that it will have on jobs and capital investment and the economy. Uh, And at the same time, the voters uh, disapprove uh, the governor's effort to join Reggie uh, without first obtaining legislative authorization by a margin of 60 to 29. Now, that support, or should I say that opposition to Reggie by regulation is also reflected in the General Assembly. Uh, Last year, uh, the uh, Pennsylvania House of Representatives and Pennsylvania Senate passed legislation, uh, received um, virtually all support from the Republican caucuses and almost a third of the support from each of the Democratic caucuses. So there was significant and overwhelming bipartisan support for that legislation and opposition to Reggie. The governor vetoed that. Uh, the session uh, ran out. We're into a new legislative session now. And uh, and the Senate just a couple weeks ago passed legislation by a veto-proof margin, 35 to 15, uh, that, would, that would essentially prohibit the governor from moving into Reggie. Similarly, uh, there is a concurrent resolution moving through the Senate within the next month or two, and then ultimately through the House uh, in November and December, that is part of the regulatory process that allows the legislature to essentially terminate a regulation before it becomes effective. So, you know, really what we're trying to do is to educate as many people as we can, make sure that they talk to their House and uh, their state House and Senate members, make sure those state House and Senate members communicate to their leaders and explain that, you know, they really want to stand with uh, organized labor on this. They want to stand with this alliance between organized labor and the business community, which, you know, candidly in Pennsylvania is pretty unique. So um, having said that, let's bring um, Sean Steffi into the broadcast. Sean, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys tonight? Well, we're doing good. We're always good when we hear your voice, my friend. It's always an, <laughs> import- it's always an important issue. And right now we're in the, we're in the middle of it. And, and, and uh, t- talk to us about, you know, your passion and and the fact that um, people don't really you know regular people and even some politicians don't even really understand this they don't understand the devastation the potential devastation um, that this could impact our state with yeah no problem i would like to start off first kind of reiterate what pete said and here's a perfect example of what happened to me today i have the book and i you know local 154 covers 26 counties in Pennsylvania, two in Ohio, and two in West Virginia. So 
I got hit with an emergency outage at West Pittsburgh up in Lawrence County. So it's really been slow for my coal plants and gas maintenance, which we should be booming right now. So I called my stainless welders that live right in Butler, right uh, near the West Pittsburgh plant, and they answered the phone. They're already in West Virginia at the Shinston plant in Harrison, and uh, they're there till December, 12 to 14-week outage. My guys are already gone, and I guarantee you John Bland's guys will be gone and Jimmy Chu's guys will be going from Jersey because that's where the works at West Virginia. They're ramping up. And I'm going to have an outage in Stratton, Ohio, Brilliant, Ohio, and there's going to be one at Fort Martin, West Virginia. And this is what I got going on. At the three of the biggest coal plants in the state, if not the country, I got 45 guys at Connemont. I'm hoping to get 25 guys at Homer City. It's already started. They're, they're ramping up. So we're already we're already losing jobs. We're already losing man hours and tax dollars uh, to what's going on. We're losing, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't even have to be political. It's about giving the people of Pennsylvania reliable, affordable electricity, and we can do it right here in Pennsylvania. We got the natural resources right under our feet, and the ripple effect's going to be devastating not only on this side of the state. But on the Philly side of the state, on the eastern side, we got, you know, electricity is what is what drives the economy. And cheap, reliable electricity, that, that equals jobs. Peter you know, Gleason. I Peter can't Gle- put it any more simpler. Peter Gleason is with us. John Bland is with us. That was Sean Steffi from Local 154. Uh, we've got a topic uh, to cover tonight on... Uh, hour number one of the labor show we'll take a commercial break we'll continue on the other side back in a moment portions of tonight's edition of the labor show are sponsored by ibew local 98 north ufcw 1776 and sheet metal workers local 19 this whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Great to hear uh, Governor Wolf in that liner coming back into the labor show, but i got to ask you, uh, Sean Steffi, uh, or John Bland, or Peter Gleason, i got to ask you, where the hell's the governor on this? I mean, the, the governor's sitting in Harrisburg because the, the low, because the unions and the building trades support the governor. Where's the governor? I don't, under, I, I, I don't understand it. Peter? I completely don't okay. understand it. I, I'll speak to it. I, I have no idea. And we did support the governor. And I didn't pick this fight with the governor, but I will stand tall for my members and their jobs. And our jobs are energy-driven. And I'm not going to apologize for my members going out and making it happen so when everybody gets up in the day, they hit the light switch, their electricity comes on with good, reliable electricity. We can do it all. The portfolio has to be full of everything, nuclear, gas, coal, renewables, and we need to move forward. We can move forward with new technologies to be environmentally friendly, and we can show the Northeast and we can show the world how it's done right here in Pennsylvania and create Great organized labor union jobs. Right here in Pennsylvania, we can be the Mecca. 
Uh, and let me go to Peter. What's driving this? That's the real question. Because I know that you and I have had a conversation. I've talked to John Bland and, of course, Sean Steffi and Jimmy Chu and countless other people. And this, you know, we're, we're all pro environment. There's, there's, there's carbon capture and all kinds of technologies that, 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 and solutions here uh, that can be enacted. What is driving this movement for, uh, for the governor to join Reggie? Well, I mean, you know, that, that certainly can, can be a head scratcher, you know, certainly as it relates to Pennsylvania. I mean, Pennsylvania is nothing like New York or New Jersey or any of these northeastern states. Uh, we have an abundance uh, and we're blessed with an abundance of coal resources and natural gas resources. As a result, we are blessed with one of the most diverse, uh, affordable, and reliable portfolios of electric generation in the country. Uh, Climate change is real. Uh, Man-made impacts on climate change uh, is real. Uh, But Reggie is not a serious effort to address climate change, because even if we were to shut down the Pennsylvania economy and, and, and have everybody move out of the cities and onto the farms and, you know, operate with their horse and buggies and put their cars away... Pennsylvania's you know, impact on worldwide climate change, and it is a worldwide issue, uh, is not going to have an effect. Um, there's a lot of activity occurring at the federal level that may have effect on a national level, may eliminate some of the competitive issues that we talked about earlier as it relates to leakage of, of emissions and jobs and capital investment to Ohio and West Virginia. Uh, but you know, look when you know with the uh, another one of the big union leaders who weighed in uh, was the business manager for the Philadelphia Building Trades, and he wrote that you know Reggie will eliminate thousands of current and future jobs, and the alleged job creation promised by DEP will largely be low-paying non-union jobs. It will trigger significant rate hikes for Pennsylvania ratepayers, which will be particularly harmful to low-income communities and senior citizens living on fixed incomes. The risks of Reggie are significant. The benefits of Reggie are largely insignificant, uh, certainly at a state level. Maybe if this were done on a national level and we avoided some of the competitive issues we talked about, it might make more sense. Uh, But look, the governor started this process with an executive order. And in that executive order, he laid out a commitment to work with the affected communities, to work with organized labor, uh, you know, to to try to figure out whether it made sense and if so, how, how it might make the most sense. And unfortunately, that really hasn't occurred. And and certainly the pandemic had an impact on that. There were no public hearings in the affected communities uh, that host natural gas and, and coal plants. There were no, uh, you know, no meaningful opportunity for people to weigh in. The only, you know, public hearing they had was a, a virtual public hearing. And if you think about people who live in Greene County and Fayette County and Armstrong County and Indiana, uh, these people don't have broadband access uh, to the Internet. and So they weren't able to participate. So I, I feel like part of the problem was a lack of outreach to the affected communities. And, yes, that could have been partly caused by the pand- pandemic. Um, you know, there may be other reasons. Perhaps DEP didn't want to hear from the affected communities. Uh, they didn't want to hear a negative. Uh, but uh, you know, the reality is, um, you know, Pennsylvania, if there's any state in this country where Reggie doesn't make sense, Pennsylvania would be that state. Well, you know, it's interesting. Let, let's talk about where it hits people in the pocketbook. Uh, how would and what impact would Reggie have on our electric bills here in Pennsylvania? Uh, we're educating people. Let's tell them where it's going to hit them in the, in the pocketbook. Pete? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to hit them pretty hard in the pocketbook. We have uh, the the. In fact, I, I can probably quote right from some of the biggest Reggie supporters that are out there. Uh, the Penn State Center for Energy Law and Policy, one of the you know, very big Reggie supporter. They put together a like a two hundred page report. They modeled all sorts of things, and in that report, uh, they made three very telling comments. The first comment was they said that electric rates on average would increase by about 8%. Now, that's average. If you consider what the impact to the residential household would be, according to the Federal Energy Information Agency, residential ratepayers pay 40% more than the average. Uh, PJM Inc., which is our regional transmission organization, said that that cost could be closer to 10% on average, which would mean ratepayers uh, who, who who are living on fixed incomes, who are you know low income, who are suffering with energy poverty, who are scraping together every penny just so they can keep the heat on uh, during the winter, the air conditioning on during the winter, are looking at 18 to 20% increases in electric rates. It's it's very significant. Uh, and that's the, and that ignores the additional uh, pain that could be caused from reduced reliability. If Pennsylvania loses a third of uh, of its electricity generation, and we have to rely on other states to supply that generation through PJM, you know we're going to be looking at a situation like Texas just looked at, and we're going to have we're we're going to be on the verge of blackouts, on the verge of a grid collapse. California, Germany, England, the wind stopped blowing, and and they they just fired up their coal plants. Um, so, and when you do that, when you have to back up unreliable intermittent, uh, generation sources with reliable sources, the cost associated with doing that is dramatic. And I think you just have to look at the state of California as an example for that. Uh, and, 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 and Sean, talk about the broad impact it will have on our communities. Uh, obviously we're talking about our jobs. We're already getting hit hard there. Um, but what, what other types of losses will our communities uh, and our tax base and, 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 and all those things, uh, how would it hit us uh, throughout Pennsylvania? Well, the number one issue it's going to hit us on is our public schools. These power plants that are in these rural communities are their biggest tax provider to keep education going in these rural school districts. And then you add on how many ripple effect jobs are going to be affected from trucking to tooling to well supplies, to vehicles that be that are bought and worked on through the community, and you know your small pizza shops. When you're having an outage and there's 800 guys there, you know how many people are stopping at your stores and staying and you know renting hotel rooms. That's all gone. That's gone. That's going to leave. So you know it's going to be a huge ripple effect. And you know my big thing is on. It's just. We don't have to. We don't have to go this way. Let's sit down. We got plenty of people that are for and against. Let's meet in the middle and come up with a compromise that doesn't devastate us the way that this Reggie's, you know, leading up to do it. It don't have to be this way. It's the labor show here on a Saturday night, um, talking about Reggie. Uh, Peter Gleason is with us from the law firm of K&L Gates. John Bland, of course, kicked us off. Uh, Sean Steffi is with us. We'll continue the conversation, J-Doc, on the other side of the break uh, and go right up to the top of the hour. As we go into the break, I still don't understand where the hell's the governor. I don't understand. Back in a moment. 
Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause as we come to you on a Saturday night. Again, we started the program an hour earlier than we normally do. We lead you uh, tonight following hour number two of The Labor Show, the John Doherty Hour. Uh, We lead everybody right into Penn State football, uh, Penn State and Auburn tonight. Of course, you'll hear all of the action uh, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Meanwhile, J-Doc, back uh, to you and back into the middle of our conversation, uh, what started out out as a topic on, uh, you know, and an, an, an outline of this program has gotten real very, uh, you know, very fast for all of the listeners. I hope they are hearing the message. Well, and we're, we're going to recap that message. We have Peter Gleason on the, on, on the, uh, on the show with John Bland and Sean Seppi. Uh, one of the things that confuses me is why this seems to be a partisan, uh, a partisan issue. Um, I can't imagine that our politicians really understand what's going on. I want to bring John Bland back in. John, you, you've, you, you've talked to a lot of people, uh, you know, members of the general public, but also our politicians. Do they really understand what Reggie is because of, and the devastating potential effects that it can have if we ever passed it? No, like I said, Joe, it's, it's, it's somewhat uh, almost embarrassing you know, you're voting on something. And I'm not talking about everybody. It's almost like they look at me with, like, you know, gears in a headlight. And you know what? Reggie is basically a minimalistic solution to a complex problem. There's a lot of things that we could be doing. I don't think all of our elected officials realize the ramification what Reggie will do to Pennsylvania. I mean, I, I mean, there's perfect examples already around the country of these Reggie states. What's going on? It's 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 something that. I mean, educated. I remember when, 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 when we had Congressman Norcross on, and we were talking about the RINs and all that. And I asked him a question, I, I, you know, about what his colleagues in the, in, in, in the Congress were, were thinking. And his answer was, they don't really understand it, which is, you know, and, and let me, let me, that lets me segue to, 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 to Pete. Pete, talk about the impact that Reggie will have on electric reliability in Pennsylvania. Because we're dying to give it away uh, nationally, and now we're going to do it locally in, in the state of Pennsylvania. Sure, happy to do so, Joe. And, and Pennsylvania has some experience uh, with reliability challenges, um, and we've always met and we've always been able to overcome them uh, in large part because of our you know our diverse portfolio of electricity generation, with coal and natural gas and nuclear as. You know, forming the base of our power in Pennsylvania, we've been able to meet these challenges. Just a couple of years ago, at the uh, end of uh, 2018, early 2019, we had a polar vortex. It got cold, it got really cold, and it stayed cold for a couple of weeks. And during the course of that, coal-fired generation picked up 75% of the increased demand for electricity. And as we've talked earlier, uh, coal-fired generation does not exist in Pennsylvania if Reggie is to be implemented. It will shut down in, in year one, likely, uh, and, uh, and, and it will be gone. And natural gas, uh, which has you know, significantly uh, increased its share of capacity uh, in our portfolio over the last several years, thanks to the abundance of natural gas resources that we have in the state, 
you know, has been able to step up. But remember, dur- during the winter, a lot of houses are heated by natural gas or directly heated by natural gas. So that gas gets rerouted uh, to home heating and doesn't always go into electric generation. Um, you know, so we talked a little earlier about, so, okay, so Reggie will eliminate all coal. It'll eliminate many natural gas plants. It will prohibit the construction of any new natural gas plants in Pennsylvania. How are we going to meet that demand if we have another polar vortex? Uh, or is Ohio and West Virginia going to give us you know, some of their uh, incredibly necessary electric power? Uh, you know, Texas wasn't able to borrow from Oklahoma and Arkansas and, uh, and nearby grids because they were also suffering uh, you know, from that storm and from the cold down there. So reliability is an issue, and you don't have to look much further than Texas. Uh, in terms of its over-reliance on wind and a failure to invest in reliable natural gas and coal. Uh, We're seeing it in England. Uh, They're asking people to stop using electricity. I mean, I'd like to believe that in America that we should be able to use as much electricity at any time of the day or night as as we need to, and we shouldn't worry about having to uh, turn the heat up to 80 uh, in the the summer or down to 60 in the winter. You know, you know, talk about climate change, okay, and what are the benefits Reggie's going to have on it. Pete, uh, talk about, uh, will it have any impact on, on, on climate change or the environment? Well, no, that's, and that's, that's the thing, is Reggie will have zero impact on climate change. Uh, I, you know, I, indica- I referenced the Penn State study. You know, again, this is from a Reggie supporter, and in that Penn State study it said, 86% of all the carbon dioxide emission reductions that will occur in Pennsylvania as a result of plant closures or plants you know, you know, not generating as much electricity would be offset by increased generation and emissions in states like Ohio and West Virginia. Uh, so at a minimum, right now we know that's 86%. Now, according to, uh, according to modeling conducted by DEP's own modeler, when they looked at CO2 reductions in our region within our grid called PJM that I referenced earlier, they showed that, uh, that less than 1% of the CO2 reductions that would occur in Pennsylvania, they would essentially be offset by 99% increases in those other states. So now we're, we're looking at something, you know, something better than eight, or something less than 86%, probably, you know, probably, you know, 99% would be offset by those states. Now, the other big thing, and this is a big deal because, you know, our plants in Pennsylvania, especially the plants in Western PA that power the grid, that provide electricity for all of Pennsylvania, uh, those plants are, are in you know, are in areas of the of the of the state that are subject to much higher, um, you know, much tougher uh, environmental standards. The plants in across the border in Ohio and West Virginia are not subject to those same standards. So not only will there be no climate benefit, but the increased generation would produce increased emissions that would be directly upwind of Pennsylvania, would blow into Pennsylvania, and these would be real pollutants, not CO two. You know that you know that we all need and we all rely on, but these would be particulate matters, and it would be SO2, and it would be nitrous oxide, and things like that that are considered to be real pollutants that would essentially blow into Pennsylvania. So, you know, we talked earlier, you know, about you know this concept of leakage. Uh, that's the problem with doing it on a state by state basis, 
is you're essentially just transferring whatever you're accomplishing environmentally in one state, you're just transferring that in the, the, the impact of the environment to states that are right, uh, that are right next door, in this case, uh, Ohio and West Virginia. And, and you'd basically be given those states that are not involved in Reggie that, you know, you're giving them the ability to utilize all their resources and we're shutting ours down. And it, Sean Stepney, that must put you in the twilight zone, given, us in Pennsylvania giving up our energy uh, resources to another state and it not benefiting the environment anyway. Absolutely. I, hey, here's a great example. So today's just basically an average fall day. So anybody can look at this whenever they want to. Just Google the PJM generation mix. It'll give you hour by hour. So today at 3 p.m., the grid was making 117,000 megawatts. That's 13 states, okay? Coal and gas was making 80,000 megawatts. Nuclear was at 30,000 megawatts. And wind was at 515 megawatts. Solar, 2,000 megawatts. That's nothing. So somebody in the PJM grid is going to burn coal and they're going to utilize natural gas to generate electricity. Whether we like it or not, they're going to do it today, tomorrow, five years from now, ten years from now. Because it's going to be impossible to do without unless we're going to totally do without electricity. So if we're going to do this with just solar, okay, you're going to need like 500 million solar panels in 13 states, just for 13 states. So what this does is it's giving our renewables, and I'm not against them, it gives you a false sense of security with electricity generation. It's not on-demand electricity, and it's not reliable. And that's why I keep going back. Let's do it. Let's do it in the building trades labor, and let's build new technologies like carbon capture and move forward with hydrogen and, and nuclear, whatever we got to do, and renewables, and let's create good jobs. Let's just not cut us out for $14 an hour solar technician jobs and non-union. And, and let's, let's recap real quickly the impact that this is that Reggie's going to have on the state of Pennsylvania. Pete, because I want in, in layman's terms, uh, if you would just re, you know, kind of restate what, you know, what Reggie is, what the, what the, what the goal of it is, uh, who's behind it. Cause it sounds like it's a big environmental movement, obviously, um, we feel that, you know, and, and they feel like we're a bunch of idiots that, that we don't understand all these facts right now. Like we don't care about the like we don't care about the environment. It's ridiculous. You're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Having said that, Pete, if you would restate how the impact this would have on our jobs our, 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 and our communities and our revenue bases. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think as, as we've indicated, with the closure of every coal plant uh, and many natural gas plants, thousands of jobs are going to be lost. And these are mostly blue-collar union jobs uh, you know, who work in and around and, and support those plants. Uh, in addition, uh, there will be massive future job loss. And this was something that was uh, referenced in, uh, in Johnny Doherty's letter uh, when he sent it to IRC, is there will be substantial thousands of jobs lost because there will be no new opportunities to build those $1 billion-plus natural gas plants in Pennsylvania, uh, as Ohio is in the process of building the largest natural gas plant east of the Mississippi, the Guernsey plant. Reggie effectively subsidizes yeah, Mike DeWine, Governor Mike DeWine in Hawaii, uh, in, in Ohio, and, uh, and and Governor Jim Justice in West Virginia. We're so, this would subsidize 
capital investment and economic development in those states. It would probably be one of the biggest economic stimulus benefits uh, that those states could you know, could ever get. Uh, rate increases, as we discussed earlier, very significant, probably close to three billion dollars uh, over you know, in, you know, by you know, by by 2030. Uh, 18 to 20 percent impact on residential consumers. Low-income families, fixed-income seniors will get crushed. Energy poverty is a big deal, and um, uh, and 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 Reggie would certainly certainly make it worse. And, and another component is, uh, the, as the governor has acknowledged very publicly, as the Department of Environmental Protection has acknowledged very publicly, doing Reggie by regulation would also preclude any assistance to families and communities that are impacted by higher electric rates uh, and job losses. You can't do that through the regulation. It would require legislation to do that, which is why the General Assembly is moving legislation that would require prior legislative authorization from the General Assembly before Pennsylvania could consider joining Reggie. And, And that might be something Pennsylvania might consider if all of the states within our regional transmission organization uh, were to decide to go that route or in the event of a federal mandate to go that route, it might make sense. But doing it alone, unilaterally, without other states within our grid doing it, you know, makes absolutely no sense. The broader uh, economic development, uh, you know, potential, uh, it was, I think, $2.9 billion of economic activity would be chilled as a result of Reggie. The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause, Peter Gleason, John Bland, Sean Steffi, uh, with us for the full hour uh, tonight here live. Uh, we'll take our final commercial break. On the other side of the break, the PA Jobs Alliance. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Ironworkers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Fast first hour, Jay Doc. A lot to cover, a little bit of time. Uh, six minutes, six and a half minutes until we, uh, unfortunately, uh, have to punch out of hour number one. But really good discussion tonight with Peter Gleason, John Bland, and Sean Steffi. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Pete real quick. And Pete, what is the PA Job Alliance? So the, uh, the Power PA Jobs Alliance is a, a coalition that was formed uh, in response to the governor's proposal to join Reggie by regulation uh, that includes you know, virtually all of the uh, state, regional, and local building trades uh, you know, organizations, uh, including the state building trade, and it also includes the Pennsylvania AFL-CIO, as well as a number of the top uh, business uh, organizations and business leaders with, uh, within the state. It's a, it's a very unique uh, alliance uh, among uh, interests that are not always on the same page. So you know, it's 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 one of those uh, one of those moments during our complex political times where it's actually good to see uh, you know former adversaries working together for a common cause. And and in this case, you know, the common cause is um, you know. And again, I'll, I'll quote from John Doherty's letter where he urged DEP to withdraw the regulation and work with the General Assembly on pro-worker climate change policies that will actually reduce greenhouse gas emissions without jeopardizing our economy. That's exactly what the Power PA Jobs Alliance stands for. We think that that message is one that we want to continue to promote and reiterate, and we hope that it continues to resonate increasingly within the Pennsylvania General Assembly 
to the extent where Pennsylvania, uh, the leaders of the General Assembly and Democratic leaders in particular, will have a candid conversation with the governor and say enough is enough. We want to stand with our union brothers and sisters. Uh, and we think that there are more there are better policies that, you know, that are grounded in common sense that might actually make a difference. Absolutely. And, and so, listen, obviously, we've got only a few minutes left. Uh, I talked to Sean Steffi uh, prior to the broadcast, and he's passionate about, uh, you know, a call to action. Sean, talk about, you know, what your suggestion is for a call to action with our union brothers and sisters and our leadership. Yeah, hey, guys, I'm calling out to all the building trades leaders and the brothers and sisters throughout Pennsylvania and the building trades to keep standing united in Pennsylvania and keep pushing forward. We can build anything, nuclear, coal, gas, renewables, new technology, whatever it is. And I challenge anyone to dispute the facts that were on this show tonight, and I'd be proud to debate them with them on this show, on this topic, and do it in a civil manner. But we need to come to a compromise and us is power and, and labor union. Let's stand together and let's do it all. Let's quit groveling for crumbs. Let's get the pie and let's go to work and let's create jobs. Absolutely. John Bland, your closing statements, my friend. Thanks, Joe. And I appreciate everybody being on the show tonight. You know, one of the things I want to back up on right now is somebody commented about the electric prices in Pennsylvania, where it's going to be at. Now, I'm looking at the July report. You know, eight out of the top ten uh, highest electric prices in the country are all Reggie states. That's the regional greenhouse gas initiatives, which, you know, the Governor Wolf is trying to make us join. Even if you split it halfway, we're going to be going 50% up. If you go to, uh, to the top end, we may double our prices. Now, my message right now is, is a labor leader, Governor Wolf, please. Reggie will devastate Pennsylvania and shut down many plants, coal, gas, and severely hurt. Absolutely. In Pennsylvania. So, so later, you know, the Congress may pass and adopt a national policy. At least that'll keep Pennsylvania on, on a level playing field. So, you know what? Why are we doing this to ourselves? You know, Peter and everybody else already explained that. You know what? Let's just let the protocol fall out with Congress. Peter, there's a governor's race coming up in the state of Pennsylvania. I believe that governor's race is in 2022. Um, it's time for that message from the trades and from the unions to be sent to the governor. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that uh, all of the members of the Power PA Jobs Alliance will be encouraging all of the gubernatorial candidates uh, to you know to understand the implications associated with Reggie. Uh, you know, we are also going to encourage the attorney general to take a very close role in this. Uh, the Office of Attorney General ultimately determines whether any regulation is authorized by existing law or is otherwise constitutional. So we'll be encouraging a thorough legal review uh, from the Office of Attorney General. And we, of course, will be you know, working closely with all the gubernatorial candidates, and, and we hope they, they understand our message. One quick follow-up on that, Peter. Does that mean uh, Josh Shapiro... Uh, as the attorney general makes the final decision, he he determines whether a regulation is uh, is authorized by existing law or otherwise constitutional. If he determines that it is not, the Department of Environmental Protection could still proceed regardless of his opinion. So you know he could take a stand uh, that is favorable to our opinion, and the EP you know with after jumping through some hoops can basically ignore that. But uh, he does have a role, and it's an important role. 
Peter, before we go, 30 seconds. Call, call to action to the people. What can the listeners do to get their word that, they're, that, that they don't want Reggie in the state of Pennsylvania? Well, I would encourage everyone to visit uh, www.powerpajobs.com as well as our Facebook and Twitter sites uh, under the same uh, you know, under the same uh, same moniker, and to reach out to their elected House and state Senate members uh, and encourage them to you know to stand with this coalition of of labor and business uh, under the Power PA Jobs Alliance and stick with the union brothers and sisters. Peter Gleason from the law firm of K&L Gates. John Bland with us. Sean Steffi uh, with us tonight. Jay Doc, I'll give you 30 seconds, and then we'll say goodbye and transition into the John Doherty Hour, who's on deck stand by, and standing by. I, I just think that the listeners and, and, and our labor leaders and, of course, our political leaders have to learn what's going on here. We're jeopardizing jobs across the, uh, across the state of Pennsylvania unnecessarily. There are other solutions that we can work on, and we got to stick together. As uh, the great Sean Steffi said, forget the crumbs. Let's get the pie. <laughs> That's going to do it for our number one of the Labor Show. On behalf of Peter Gleason, on behalf of John Bland, And on behalf of the charismatic Sean Steffi, stick around. Hour number two, back in a moment. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.